Welcome to the Winning Sometimes Show, where Emiliano, Matt, and I share our joy and sometimes hatred for all things gaming, tech, and occasionally get a little philosophical. Fair warning, this episode might get a little into the weeds because we're discussing defining moments in our gaming careers. We've discussed our origin stories, but sometimes it's the little moments that have the biggest impact. So what makes us tick? What are the games that define how and why we game? Today we look inward and figure out why we are the way we are. A question Matt's parents probably have been asking for decades. So <laughs> That is so accurate. <laughs> uh, Matt, what gaming moments define you? Oh, I was waiting for you to just straight up ask me, like, why are you like this? <laughs> and the real answer is I don't know either. <laughs> uh, but gaming moments define me. I don't know. That's a big question obviously and i'm kind of curious to see where we all go with this um because there's obviously a lot of ways that games affect us and can for lack of a better term traumatize us um so like for me um you know, I have some emotional trauma from Final <laughs> Fantasy 15, but I also that's so that's definitely a game that kind of defined how I looked at other games. Um, but there's obviously a lot of other games. But to to kind of, I know I've talked about Final Fantasy 15 before, but for those of you who are new, I really liked Final Fantasy 15. Oh, um, wouldn't have known. You didn't know that? No, not oh, the way you right. talk about it. You're very <laughs> salty about it, but I guess I guess that could be. Well, Wanting it to be better than it is. So this is this is the thing. Uh, this is the thing about Final Fantasy fifteen that, that's a little bit weird for me, and this is why I say I'm like emotionally scarred or, or traumatized from it. Mm-hmm. Is that one? I really liked it, but I also was one of those nerds who like watched the anime, who read the comic book, who watched the freaking movie. Uh, yes, they made a Final Fantasy fifteen movie. For those of you who don't know, and so like I understood kind of a lot of the subtext of what was going on. Um, <clears throat> but one of the things about the game that I guess has um, shaped the way that I look at a lot of other games is that the way that the story progresses is like a buddy road trip kind of story. And it's, I mean, you're obviously, you're fighting demons and stuff. So, I mean, it's not super happy, but I mean, it's kind of like crack it. You you can tell me if I'm wrong here because yeah. you've played it before, but it's kind of a, a happy-go-lucky kind of story it's like for like... In, in sync Warrior Road Trip. Wow, that's a really solid definition. Yeah, you are a boy <laughs> band with weapons is what you are. <laughs> yeah. But it, it you go through this whole thing and then like all of a sudden, you know, like 95% of the way through the uh you know, there's like a sad thing that happens kind of in the middle, but then like 95% of the way through it's like, no, you we're going to we're going to kill every we're going to Hamlet style on this and everything you care about and everything that you have all these people that you come to love in this show we're 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 not even going to let them die we're going to like just disfigure them and like it's just like a total gut punch okay that's like way farther than I remember uh, well, like, well, they're, they're, no spoilers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but it, I, this is all spoilers we're talking I, about. I, yeah, I know game, it's a pretty so old thanks game. Thanks a lot. Man. Well, like they blind one of the guys and like. <clears throat> no, stop! 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 Um, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. Well, anyways, so but basically, and this is why I say I have like emotional trauma from that, 
and it's and it's why it has really shaped how I play other RPGs. Uh, not because, like, I mean, the Final Fantasy fifteen. I mean, it was good. It wasn't, like, groundbreaking or by any stretch of the imagination or anything like that. But what it did to me is it, like, basically took me through this story that was happy-go-lucky and then punched me in the face and, like, kicked me a few times. And so now every time I play, and, like, I'm kind of ashamed to admit this, every time I play, like, a JRPG or, like, any RPG for that matter, I'm constantly waiting for something terrible to happen. <laughs> and so like no matter like what it is, like there could be like a animal crossing like RPG and like the whole time I'd be like, "Oh god, when when is the raccoon going to come like break my kneecaps cuz I owe him money or whatever." So like Final Fantasy again, Final Fantasy 15 uh emotionally scarred me. Thanks a lot, Final Fantasy uh Square Enix whoever it was. <clears throat> Uh, because now, like, and I know that's kind of a really weird, superficial way of saying, like, this is a game that, like, shaped how I view other games. But it really has because I don't trust stories in game anymore, in games anymore. I definitely don't trust them to be even mildly happy at the end. Mm. And so at this point, like, if I finish, like, an RPG that is, like, kind of has a happy, in- happy quote-unquote, ending, I'm still kind of waiting. I'm like, okay. I'm going to watch the whole credits because I need to know, like, what's going to happen at the end, like, that's going to set up the sequel where, like, the bad guy actually didn't die, and, you know, he's really winning, and, or maybe, you know, I find out that I did kill the good guy, and I just thought it was the bad guy, and so, like, I'm constantly waiting, and maybe this is more like a tell on me, I don't know, but I'm constantly waiting on things to go wrong in RPGs, and... I don't think I play as many RPGs anymore as I used to because of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It affected you that much. It really did kind of change things. But I mean, uh, because, you know, misery makes great storytelling in most instances. Has there ever been a happy RPG that you've played? I'm, I feel like most RPGs Uh, that I've played has some sort of like of that drama, some sort of like, that well but but they don't normally um because there's a difference between having like a sad story and a positive resolution i think that hits completely differently Mm. than having a relatively happy story and then just like very poignantly like murdering every main character at the end you know okay Um, that's why i say like going hamlet style on it where like they're just gonna murder people is a very kind of different feeling than um Gosh, I'm trying to think of a sad story that had a decent ending. Um, I don't know, something like, and this is probably a bad example, but like Macbeth, where like Macbeth is pretty obviously about halfway through the bad guy, and you do get spoilers, sorry for Macbeth. Um, (laughs) And by the end of Macbeth, you do get to see Macbeth killed. And so while it's not a happy story, you have a, a happy resolution. And so I think there's a lot more games out there that try and cater to that um, happy ending kind of thing and uh i've now i'm conditioned to not expect that and that's it's a little sad mm. yeah like you know kotor i feel like had a you know depending on what you chose your uh, head's going the same place the, as mine are <laughs> all, all, all I mean, the mass effect yeah as well mass yeah kind of mass effect same. was kind of like a right in the middle yeah like it could have been good the ending yeah 
the ending was kind of like also like oh like you know well if you we, have we, a perfect we save the world a perfect we, paragon game which i did yeah then then it could so, have a little upswing at the end but i, no. I yeah maybe we shouldn't touch mass effect 3 cuz uh, that'll bring up a lot of trauma yeah. for a lot of people but <laughs> yeah it makes me yeah, not as much as andromeda oh. yeah um <laughs> final fantasy 10 is also a game that now that i think about it has kind of a sad ending um which that game is from 2003 so, but I still want people to play it because it's such a fantastic game. Um, that's that's the uh, the rub, right? Yeah. It's like I I want to talk about it, but I also want you to play right. it. So, so pause and go play the game. So I I will say that the main character who you you know you're playing as Titus, Titus, whatever. Um, at the end, is no longer alive. Can't really say more than that. Um, but not for the reason you might think it's, it's a reason that could really blow your, blow your mind. <laughs> My wife is like right at the door. <laughs> so Final Fantasy 10 is and, a game. And we, we have, if you really want to know without, um, playing the game, we have discussed it on a previous show. What actually, why? Yeah. Any, anyways. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's, yeah, it's the game that is the reason for me and my wife, um, being together at all is because I heard her talk oh, about that's it. Right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. In, in high school, I, I had never heard anybody else talk about final fantasy 10 and I was going through and playing it like finally, like fully playing. And, uh, and she said, Oren, and I was like, she, we were both running. She's on the cross country team. We're doing like a off season cross country or track. <laughs> and I was like, hey, do you play final fantasy 10? And then, and yeah, it all, yeah, <laughs> instant nerd love. But um yeah, so Titus is no longer alive at the end of the game and I think there was a lot of hope for <sighs> but, okay. But but it was like a hopeful. It wasn't end. though. Right? He and Yuna had a love I like a love thing going on. And then yeah, but, then he disappears. But he and knows they, he has to. We, well, right, and it saves the world, but yeah. like it's it's extremely bittersweet. And I remember watching it for the first wow. time when I beat it. I was alone. It was like in the winter, and I was sitting next to the wood stove, <laughs> and I had this big t- hand-me-down TV for my friend with my PS2, and we're playing it, and and I was glued to the TV, and it was like it was big feelings. But well, and I think. <clears throat> like the difference you'll have there about whether it's not actually a happy or sad ending also goes to like how you interpret it. Like Clint was very intense. It's like, Oh, it's sad because of this relationship he has. <laughs> and then you've got utilitarian Ronan over here. He's like, yeah, but he's saving the world. One person <laughs> to save the world. It's fine. Well, no, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's doing his, he's, he loves so much that he wants her to go on yeah. without him. It's beautiful. It, it, it was beautiful. It. it was beautiful. Oh. Um, but to to talk a bit about your Final Fantasy fifteen trauma, I guess I I it was beautiful. So there was an upswing, I, and I do feel like Final Fantasy fifteen. If there there are a few criticisms, I certainly shielded myself to the pain you you probably felt. Um, 
because there are some pretty low like i remember and i won't this isn't spoilers but i remember after beating the game like looking up youtube and looking up like possibilities about how because i was still looking for resolution at the end uh so warning ronan and anybody else that wants to play final fantasy 15 you might not feel 100 percent resolved after you beat the game um but yeah i I guess i guess that makes sense to the degree that you were super engaged and invested in that final fantasy 15 world you had jacked in (laughs) right to to the 15 final fantasy 15 narrative and then i don't know it's it's very artistic it's very like it evokes such strong emotions but in terms of like caring for your viewer or your player i don't think that they took that many that much care let's just say that like they just wanted you to feel something and they just you know however however did make that happen they did it <laughs> wasn't there a dlc for it like did that do anything for the story oh yeah there just... was yeah there was four dlc that... or three dlcs i think the fourth one but got did canceled. it add to the story or was it just side yes it did. well here's the problem is okay. it fleshed out the backgrounds of each of the characters hmm. it didn't resolve anything <laughs> oh, well. not that i know of i mean i didn't play them oh yeah yeah, yeah. so the dlcs happen like during the game mm-hmm. and so like if you wanted to play the game chronologically you would play because it comes in acts or whatever you would play like acts one through three and then you would play um the dlc for prompto and then you'd play acts like four through five and you would play the the one for gladio or whatever and so the dlcs happen during mm-hmm. the main game so it's, it's a little bit weird but they're obviously released after the game it just like filled in gaps okay so, is there any JRPG that you've had the opposite experience with, Matt? Uh, that was, like, not traumatic? Yeah. Or just... Uh, probably all of the previous Final Fantasy games that I've played. Okay. Um, and, and I think, again, I think part of why Final Fantasy fifteen was so traumatic for me was part of what you were saying, is that, like... I didn't somehow, I don't know how they managed this, but all of the like surrounding media didn't spoil the necessarily the ending of the game. And so like you watch the movie, you watch the anime, all this sort of stuff, and it doesn't spoil the ending of the game. And so like I really understood like kind of the background story and everything, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, well that that really sucks. Um and I don't think I've ever had that experience with any other Final Fantasy game, because I mean like Final Fantasy VII is great, loved it, uh, but you know, in a very weird story, but didn't traumatize me. Final Fantasy twelve also played a ton of that, uh, didn't traumatize me. Uh, what are they? like Final Fantasies one through six? I guess I played a ton of those, and yeah, it was really just Final Fantasy fifteen that I don't know why I got so involved in that one, but that definitely scarred me to the point that like uh I've always loved Florence and the Machine but I cannot listen to Florence and the Machine's version of Stand By <laughs> Me without thinking of the ending of that game and so now that is an even more tragic song to me so yeah it sucks I'm sorry that happened <laughs> No it's fine it's fine but uh Emiliano 
would you like to share your trauma with us now? I don't know if you actually have trauma or not, but it would be cool no, if you did. But, you know, we're talking about kind of defining moments that kind of defined us with gaming-wise. And I'm probably going to kind of age myself here, but um, I feel like one of my defining moments... No, but I played that on an, an original Atari whatever. Um, arcades. The local mall had a wonderful arcade back in the day, no longer, mind you. And I remember going there on the weekends with friends and playing The Simpsons. Hmm. And I loved the Simpsons arcade game. You know, um, you, you, there was Bart. Yeah, all four, all four of the main characters. That's the top-down, like, side-scrolling. Side-scrolling mm-hmm. ones, yeah. The fighting game. Uh, there was that one. There was also Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But I remember Simpsons being the one that I went there on one weekend with, like, $5 and got, like, $5 worth of tokens. And spent like, I don't know, half an hour or whatever, however long it took to actually get to the end of the game, just plinking those quarters in, you know, all the way to the end. And I remember like, it was a great achievement. I, I loved that I beat the game. And it, I, I mean, at this point, I don't even remember how it ends. Like who's the final boss? I don't know. But um, I mean, are... it's a pretty weird game to begin with. So it's not like it yeah. has a linear plot kind of thing. No, 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 no. But I mean, there are levels and you want to get to the end, you know, and it's made to eat your quarters you know um but the simpsons arcade game i think started my love for cooperative games Mm. Uh, street street fighter was there as well and i would play it i was never that good at it so i don't think i ever got into it you know um uh, they also had a lot of the gun gun games which i i still love me a good gun game you know And, and nowadays back in the day the gun games were connected via like a like a tower Nowadays, man, you can you, you can walk around with them, and they have like the, the <laughs> motion and everything. It's great, but that's another wait, story. like like an actual arcade. Arcades like still exist. IR Blaster, yeah. No, well, well, some yeah, some arcades. Uh, bowling alleys still have some arcades. Um, Dave and Buster's, you know, there are some, but it's it's hard to find a good arcade game. Gotcha. But, okay. Um, but even even like the light gun games, you know, I love playing those with my buddies. You know, so like the, the light gun games, there was an Aerosmith light gun game that I used what? to play, and and you're shooting, you're shooting uh, CD discs at the enemies, you know, and it's <laughs> it's an it's an Aerosmith wow. light gun game. Wow, I wonder how much Two that costs for eBay goes for on eBay. I, I don't know. I played that game and I loved it. Uh, there, there was also an old Terminator one, which was great too. Um, but I remember like the Simpsons and, and even the Teenage Ninja Turtles. There was a, there was also a version of, of like that that kind of top-down side scroller um i remember playing those games and and i i feel like that's kind of started my love the old arcade games and this is back in the day before cell phones man like i remember i'd have to go use a payphone to be, be picked up or it'd have to be at a certain spot at a certain time and if i missed that time i'd have to call to get picked up again you know this this is my my back, first back in the Stone Age. My yeah. first cell phone, I think, was was uh, in college. I think I got it or after college. So uh, yeah, you, you you young kids and your fancy fancy devices. You don't you don't know what we did back in our day, but um, so I lived thirty minutes from town, and uh, I didn't get a cell phone until high school. So I, I definitely so lived. I, we so just young. didn't get to go anywhere. Just that was oh, yeah, that yeah. was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the mall was our hangout spot, and I remember the arcade, the uh, Yellow Brick Road, was the arcade, and it was right above the ice rink, which are both at this point gone from the mall. But you know, the 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 arcade upstairs, the ice rink down below, 
And you could look over down to the ice rink from up top while you're playing your arcade games and stuff. And yeah, I remember That's Simpsons, cool. um, you know, Street Fighter I played, but I I liked it and I bought it on a, on a SNES back, you know, when, when that came out. But the Simpsons, I remember that being my, my, my game that I loved. And it was, maybe it was because it was the only game, you know, it was like a small selection, but, um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, question on that, I think, um, because you said you think the Simpsons is really why you are, uh, in really like what got you into like the cooperative gaming and, and things like that. Um, Do you think it was like the Sim- the Simpsons like game itself, or do you think it was like the actual fact that like the couch co op kind of situation where you just had some somebody there with you, and then when they screwed up, you could like kidney punch them and be like, "Be better" or whatever. <laughs> no, um, it, so it it was the couch the the co op. Like I mentioned, the light games too, because those were also the the double players. Um, so yeah, the the it was just being there with you know next to your buddy. And playing, you know, um, and I I remember biking, you know, from my house from our neighborhood to the mall, and that was like a twenty minute bike ride. But you know, we do it on the weekends, and it was you know to hang yeah. for a couple hours out there, and you know, walk around the stores, and not buy anything. Well, yeah, well, but in 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 like a hundred degree heat, it's okay. It's, never mind, that's a lot. It. Yeah, <laughs> with with like thirty pounds of quarters in his backpack or whatever. All your books, you know, your book, your <clears throat> it's rough backpack. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but that's I mean that that that's kind of one of my defining moments. This the the arcade game, and these cooperative games kind of, and for me the the highlight was the Simpsons arcade game. You know, there there are other games that we co-opt, as as we did as we as you do, but like you know Street Fighter, I was never good at, so whenever we played that, I always get beat, and it kind of I hated it because I'd lose my quarter because I kept getting beat. You know, so um, the Simpsons was fun because it was all of us together, and we you know. So um, I, I have some more, but that's 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 me, in my old my old old age. So, Clint, how about you? Well, Any, I, uh... I I was gonna say that for me, I, it's easy to forget how just how easy it is. Sorry, it's easy for me to forget just how much video games are defined by that arcade experience. And how malls used to be the destination for primetime entertainment for families. And so you're you're describing that ice rink and with the arcade above and the second tier. And it's like, mm-hmm. just imagine being there with my family when I was a kid, which I never did. We never did. We didn't spend time at malls. That was, you know, past or, or before my time. Uh, or we didn't have a good enough mall in my city. And uh, yeah. so the family would go there and split off. Or, you know, window shop together or whatever. And that's just like a, yeah. that just blows my mind. It's like one of those things that I was trying to find it. There's a, an album on some site that was a bunch of, sorry, vintage pictures of <laughs> daily life, like primetime attractions at a mall from like the eighties or like 88 or something like that. And it's like, just, you don't, it, don't 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 make me look through my old no for sure and And, my parents albums to try to find this is kind of off topic but like (laughs) for some reason i guess it's because i'm a child of the 90s that and even though i never did that and was never involved in that culture like it's extremely nostalgic but Mm -hmm. to bring it back to games the um 
that reminds me of one of my defining moments, which isn't really a moment and it's more like a trend in gaming for me, which is all of those <laughs> all of those arcade games are designed so terribly. <laughs> Because yeah, to eat your to eat your quarters. Yes, they they're designed quarters. to eat your quarters, and so when games is, is this your trauma? I guess it is my trauma. Yeah, <laughs> if you want, if we want to, yes, let's be trauma buddies. <laughs> um, when games jumped from the arcade to consoles, you know, in in the home gaming, because um, computer gaming, like PC gaming, is a different thing in the eighties and nineties. Like it's a different beast entirely, and uh, so that doesn't really apply here, but. Um, the design of games for like the NES system and the Sega system and, and those those uh, Sega Genesis, I guess. Which was the first one? Was it the Saturn? The NES. S- uh, the no, S- Sega Genesis was the first Sega. Okay. okay. No, no, but, but NES came out first. It did. Sega came out I'm just talking after. about that whole family of home consoles. Okay. The yeah. games were designed in a similar way as arcade games. Or they're straight-up ports. Just take the arcade game, put them on the console. So the design still... Like, there's no quarters anymore. But the design is very level-based. It doesn't save your progress. And, you know, you have a continue button where if you die too many times, then you have to press continue. And then you restart the level. And my trauma is that I absolutely loathe repeating myself in games. Repeating play playthroughs or replete, repeating having to repeat anything too much, right? And that's ironic to say because I played Destiny for five years. <laughs> but that's different, right? It's it's like if I'm playing... If I'm playing Skyrim... That, that's an addiction, all right? That's not because I like it. I know, right? No, I mean, we can talk about Destiny in a sec. I don't want to tank this episode. But the... Uh, the... The feeling of playing a game and then dying or having a mechanic kill you or you know losing progress basically in any way shape or form if it's significant progress like more than five minutes of progress i almost throw a tantrum like i will quit <laughs> i'll just quit the game set it down like i have to i i have to remove myself from the situation because i will i will get tilted and uh yeah i think it's from those old games where they put so much and they tried to make the the make you ride the line between skill and and continuity you know because of that design of like you they want you to fail but they also don't want you to leave so <laughs> they're trying to addict you to playing this extremely challenging thing and and uh yeah so i just loathe it i loathe so what uh contra battle toads I won't play uh, them. Of Rage. Yeah. Oh, I loved Battletoads. Battletoads, yeah. Uh, Contra, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start. Come on, man. Yeah. I, iconic Konami code. cheat code. Yeah. Be- because of the difficulty. Yeah. You know? But no, I, I, I see what you're saying. The, um, But I, I don't know. like, and, and maybe that's why I like Monster Hunter. Because I feel like I'm getting better the more I play it, you know? Right. I, I can see I can see those improvements and I, it's like I, I don't know. Well, maybe, I mean, it I'm... is probably one of the best games of all time in every aspect. So there's these that. Guys, it has that going these for it. Guys. 
What I was going to say, though, is that I can't really pin down where where that frustration and, and just lack of like severe intolerance of losing progress came from. Um, but I do know that it's like affecting me right now. It, it's certainly defined the way I play games. I, I like Cuphead was a game that I wanted to love, but I can't. I mean, I love it because of what it represents, and the the art style is is like 1930s um, graphics. Like it it like they they animated like hand drawn animated the entire game in every frame, every animation, every sprite is. 1930s style animated it so it's it's extreme pains you know and and lots and lots of work and and blood sweat and tears went into that game and so i want to play it and i want to enjoy it because of it of how good it is but it's such so it's just so punishing it's designed almost like a a quarter eater and uh i i pushed through to beat that game because i loved the idea of it so much and i wanted to say that i could beat it it also challenged me as a person saying you know you, you suck at video games and i'm like no i don't i'm gonna beat you um so that wasn't fun um but other games which i wanted to enjoy also wanted to enjoy like outer wilds is uh, i think the best game of 2020 for how many journalist sites how many websites and in, in like top 10 lists or was it 2019? Yeah, very highly. Yeah, reviewed. it's extremely highly regarded, and it, it like people love the crap out of that game. And I went to go play it, and I just couldn't because one of the primary mechanics is that time resets itself, and that there's a supernova happening in your solar system, and you kind of have to figure out what's happening and discover the solar system. You're a little, you know, caught like astronaut, like alien dude, little alien dude, and you've got like it's all low gravity. Like everything is low gravity, small little planets, and you, you have this little lunar lander that you go jet out to the different parts of the solar system, and uh, you every time the solar system resets, you start right right there next to the the ship, like the spaceship land landing pad, um, and there's it's it's like what three minutes from because you start at a, next to a campfire and you have to walk down a path and get like talk to someone and get into the the landing the the, the actual lunar lander ship then you take off and it takes depending on where you want to go in the solar system it probably takes five to ten minutes to get there so every time you start and i think i don't remember when how long the cycle have have either of you played outer wilds no. i have not okay well the cycle's like a half an hour, I think. Every half an hour, there's, there's a supernova. So if you get somewhere, you can't waste time. And uh, you you have to... At least this is the feeling that I had. You have to, as efficiently as possible, take a look at the whichever like asteroid or planet you're going to and explore it as fast as you can and get all of the lore. Because like, there's this alien... like other alien race that that was like a predecessor you know whatever a predecessor race and you you're discovering some of their technology and their stories and like you have to just rush through it or else mm-hmm. you will lose progress because if you die because that supernova supernova and then you reset back to the campfire you takes 10 minutes to get out there to the place you were just at 
so you're wasting that time and it's like it's so punishing at least to me and i didn't i i just i hate wasting time and that 10 minutes i'm never gonna get back i don't need like if, if there was some kind of warp system where i could like it's just 10 minutes down the drain i i'm getting so salty about this because i love like i love the feeling of that game the music is great tell, tell me your job is optimization without telling me your job is optimization. okay thanks man <laughs> uh well wait so if there was like not enjoy uh groundhog's day or live die repeat do those movies just not you find you're watching somebody and... else do it you're not doing it so every time, so you would be okay if somebody streaming Outer World, uh, Outer Wilds, as long as I'm not, it's not first person. <laughs> Probably, like I'm okay with observing. It's not like I'm 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 not patient. Like, I mean, I would hope my loved ones would describe me as patient, but it it's like when I know it. It, it really sounds like you're not patient when you are playing a video game. That's what like the whole last five minutes or whatever sounded like you describing a very impersonal. Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like get down to brass tacks on that. It's, it's because if there's a set amount of time, like if it's like one or two minutes, whatever, it's like, there's lots of things in life where you just kind of have to give your time away. I guess I really highly value that time. So if it's like 10 and then you multiply that by however many times, you know, you need to finish something suddenly there is an incontrovertible acknowledgement in my my head that says i am wasting this time and i despise wasted time and uh which is why every time someone's like ah we should be more bored in our society put down your phones i'm like no we have a limited time in this earth and we need to enrich ourselves as much as possible (laughs) right don't waste your time life is short go have fun go find new things to experience and now i'm like on the soapbox about this (laughs) you heard it here folks pick your phones back up uh and watch our whole backlog of episodes even if you've already watched them you need to rewatch them that's what crack is saying or or listen yeah spotify google podcast apple Uh, Apple podcast you need to listen for the auditory experience and then later go back and watch them so that you get get the full experience but but you know that you do bring up a good point about wasting time in games um and you mentioned destiny and i i don't know like i think i've done like a, a rough guesstimate that it seems to take an hour to do anything in the game or to get any sort of progress yeah it's about an hour to do like you know three strikes about an hour three crucible matches in to get your weekly rewards mm-hmm. about an hour so it just seems like everything in the game takes about an hour to do mm-hmm. you know and, and sometimes longer depending on how many times they want you to do stuff you know and i i'm getting tired of it as well you know well but go ahead well i was gonna say but i will say other games i don't mind either the repetition or the time it takes you know one example being like monster hunter a lot of it's doing the same fights over and over again but I still found joy in yeah. that. And I still found joy in going to the same spot to, to do my armor stuff, you know, um, whereas in destiny, you know, and, and you're getting games, less and less out of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know where that line is between how much time they're making you waste versus the enjoyment, you know, versus your tolerance. I think there's kind of, I don't know, there should be an equation or something. And there, well, but, I don't think there can be, there's where it gets yeah, messy yeah. is because it's, it's subjective wasted t- 
time yeah. wasted is subjective to each person. If you get yeah. something out of playing Outer Wilds and having to go spend that 10 minutes to get back to that place that you were at every single time, or if you're okay with, like, I, I guess I'm a completionist too, so that I should explain that about, it's like, I want to see everything on an asteroid or a planet in Wild in, in Outer Wilds, right? I want to not leave anything on the table. So I feel like I am obligated to con- to go back to that place, um, which is why I'm unhappy with the amount of time it takes. Um, but if you're if you're totally fine with spending that time to get back to that that planet to do everything or whatever it is you want out of the game, go for it. That's fine. Like it's just me, for me. I feel like that is incontrovertibly wasted time for me. For Destiny. It's not the same thing because one of the things I get out of Destiny is the exercising of skill in the mechanics. Like, not necessarily of skill, but like, it's like, I mean, it's like Halo. It's Halo with space magic and alien, like different aliens, right? Except more mobility and a bunch of other things. So that's that's another probably podcast. It's like, how is Destiny different from Halo? But Hmm. it's that that style of game has always been fun for me. So if I'm going to go play the same strike 50 times you know over and over again or i'm gonna go play crucible in the same 10 maps for 500 hours or whatever like every game is different for me and that's why spending you know the 10th game or the 11th game they're not going to be that um same to me hopefully hopefully they aren't and this is where I start thinking all of my criticisms of Bungie and the design of Destiny 2 are starting to creep in again. So I'm going to stop myself yeah. there so we don't talk about it because that's that's an ideal that I would have is like every game should be different because of like you're having fun in the sandbox of that's why it's called sandbox design in Crucible is like you just bunch of guns, give them to people and then throw them in the sandbox. But I mean, but, the, but then the issue with that though is that there are optimal ways to do things in that sandbox right pvp there's metal weapons in pve side like for strikes there are like the optimal path the optimal loadouts you know the 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 ways to skip loads of enemy can just drive past them in certain spots so you know right it gets into that point of oh i've already done this my hundredth time right if you're only doing the optimal path if the mechanics were vibrant like robust enough if the mechanics were robust enough to give you alternative options and what, where things may not be the most optimal, but they are still fun and, and you know, wildly different with, given the combinations of mechanics or whatever, you know, then it could be also interesting. But I think, yeah, with Destiny, there's certainly like, oh, you need to be this class. You need to be a warlock for PvE soloing. You need to be a warlock. You need to run this class perks. You need to run this subclass with these guns and if you don't do that you're just wasting time because it's going to take you longer and won't be as effective which that's unfortunate too Um, well i also think you again always have to you always want to be the most optimal is is part of the the issue there for you uh me i plan ahead and i don't even know what the the most optimal thing is and so it's (laughs) impossible for me to optimize my gaming which is fine so, um, but I actually, and I know we're way off in the weeds at this we point, are. but I do want to kind of ask y'all, um, this is a question for both of y'all. Was there, is there a game, was there ever a game that you practiced at? 
100%. I just don't remember what it was. Well, besides Destiny and Warzone and every first-person shooter that I wanted to be competitive at. Well, I mean, sorry, Uh, practice outside of just, like, playing matches. Like, did you ever load into custom matches and practice on the specific maps and things things like that like what you would think of like a sports team they don't go out there and just scrimmage every day they do drills and things like that was there ever a game that you did that sort of stuff in uh guitar hero okay all right i practiced the heck and then when rock band came out i spent a lot of time in the trainer mode for the drums because i felt like i was actually learning to play drums it does feel like you're learning the actual mechanics of playing an actual live drum so those music rhythm games which i do enjoy you know i like me some karaoke i like me some drumming so (laughs) it's awesome well the the reason i asked that and um is because we just kind of had this big tangent about how repetition and how that is, that is Clint's trauma is repetition in games. And so I was, I was honestly just really curious. Um, cause I know you're also a very competitive person. Both of y'all are fairly competitive, more competitive than me. Um, you, okay. All right. If I'm the standard, like everyone's more competitive than me. Um, <clears throat> but so I was curious, like if y'all had kind of, forced yourself into doing that sort of repetition stuff because you know y'all are both more complete y'all are both way more hardcore gamers than i am and so i didn't know if that was something that y'all had decided this is an optimal use of my time even though it's kind of a mechanic i hate in a game kind of thing that that's where i was going with that i don't know i think it's more for you clint have you practiced crucible matches or shooting or anything like that i mean i get a lot out of those types of activities though so I, I can't say that it's something doing something that I hate unless for some reason I decide to keep on practicing Destiny even though I've, you know, basically flamed it multiple episodes <laughs> in multiple episodes. Deep breaths, Claire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deep breaths. Uh, thank you. Yes. Without, I mean, like, no on things that I hate just to be better at them. But yes, I absolutely practice in games, uh, especially when I've identified like what's holding me back from being better. I just want to be the best I can. And so for games, I think it actually started in Destiny. Actually, all of this, like, you know, podcast recording, media, video editing, all the stuff that I've done is because I started recording myself with Destiny because I wanted to know what I was doing wrong. And without even talking to anybody else, I would record matches and record trials and stuff like that. And then just watch myself. And every time, you know, because I, I certainly was an, a victim to blaming other things, externalizing my failures. Um, in, in At least in, in games, in, in, in Crucible performance. So when I started recording it and I look at a, uh, a situation or an engagement where I die... And it, we lost the the round or whatever. I just say, okay, what could I have done to avoid this situation or, you know, win in this situation? And 99% of the time, there was absolutely stuff I could do. <laughs> and so it's not like I went into custom matches or anything, but it was like I would go into matches saying, okay, well, I am going to go 
into this match with the express intent of not doing the thing that I identified was a, was that caused my failure. So, you know, running with cover is a really hard kind of thing to get, wrap your mind around. But when you are in a video game and you're looking down a corridor and someone's shooting you and you're just sitting in there, you have nothing to, to back behind, you, you know, nothing to shoot from. You're just sitting there in the cor- corridor at the end of the hall and they're on the other side. They see you first and you're shooting them. Well, yeah, if they're better at you, better than you at moving their reticle over your head and clicking you know their mouse or pulling their trigger like they're gonna win but you still have options you know if you allowed yourself more opportunity to exit the situation and gain advantage then yeah you you can totally win in those situations even with worse gun skill or or you know worse skill you can overcome those situations so i mean that that's just that's how i play games now it's like what can i do it's constant analysis of what am i doing wrong what could i do better let's brainstorm let's do let's do better um it's a lot that's a lot so that's actually, it's really fun well, for I mean, me yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but see you enjoy that and i feel yeah. like i wouldn't uh one thing to note most guitar heads have five buttons yeah and on hard and expert you use all five so i find it easier to put my pinky on the bottommost button and, and use my finger to reach up to the green button and to the yellow button because it's a little easier to reach than to bend downwards but so, don't you what if you pro, have to pro tip pro tip no no uh guitar hero or a rock band they're just the buttons you push. Yeah, but what if you have to shift because there's a chord that you got to hit that's that includes the top two buttons? Well, then you just reach your other two fingers up. But oh, okay. So the bottom, but the you leave your pinky the at the bottom. You're just you're just yes. like that and rest it on the orange. Okay, and just kind of go up or down wherever you need to go. So I think the real pros set it on their lap and play like with all <laughs> five fingers. Is I think how they do it. No, I like you know, and then on the guitar, you gotta have it up high and you gotta start. You gotta slap it. You gotta. You know, that's how thumb. you break your controller. What, what are you like the Beatles? No, no, it's it's they're pretty sturdy actually. I don't know. It's kind of I, don't just, know. I just went like pounding it. I went through plenty of guitar hero controllers in my day. I feel like Rock Band are a little more sturdier than guitar. Oh, are they? Yeah, oh, now now we have an argument. No, not at all. I mean, I worked but, at GameStop, you know, during that whole time, and certainly saw the returns. So I guess. Yeah, no, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, no, let's just let's just roll it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, no I, I think um, Rock Band is sturdier. Yeah, yeah. to um, to mildly get us uh, back on subject here. Um, part of the reason I asked that is because one of the things that really, and I've talked about this before, that has really colored my perception of games is like the RTSs of like the early 2000s and things like that. The Warcrafts, the Starcrafts, things like that. Um, Age of Empires, all that sort of junk. Um, and this is part of the reason why I honestly give no sh- like whatever about getting good at FPSs because I, and this could be a whole episode in and of itself. I honestly don't think that FPSs baked into them give you the tools to get better like you have to manually record yourself and so like for me fps's are not like competitive games because you can't by yourself get better there's not built-in tools 
because um, almost every RTS you had replays where you could see your movements, your opponent's movements. Um, you like, you know, you could load into custom maps with bots and like just literally practice the first five minutes of your build over and over and over again. And so, like for me, there was a huge ability to look at your own play and analyze and figure it out and kind of, I guess, practice for lack of a better term. Um, what you're like, what exactly what you're saying. It's like, Oh, I watched my replays and I realized at the five minute mark, uh, I'm doing this and you know, it's causing me to get backed up on supply or whatever. And then like I started playing FPSs cause I thought I was like, Oh, destiny looks fun. And it was really the first FPS I gotten into. And I was so disappointed in like, I guess the lack of features as far as <laughs> improving yourself. And I'd never really understood that. And as far as I know, and some y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, people in the comments can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know of any FPS uh, that allows you to go back and like look at replays that allows you to see like, cause sometimes CSGO and maybe it's be because I'm dumb, right? Like people will just like show up on the map and I'm like, I don't know how he got there without pinging on my radar or whatever. You know, there's all sorts of stuff, um, especially like when there's abilities and things like that. You're like he had to have used something, but I don't know what it was. And you literally have zero way of figuring it out after the fact. Yeah. And that's really, really frustrating to me. So I just gave up on caring about being good. And so, again, if there is an FPS out there that's like that, please let me know because I'd probably enjoy it. CSGO, but you probably won't yeah. enjoy it for other reasons. Yeah, um, I feel like Halo had kill cams where you could kind of see moments before they actually killed you. You could see some of that, N not to the level you're thinking of. I think. Yeah, I don't think Halo but, had kill it, cams, yeah. but um, it didn't. No, Call of Duty. Oh, did. A lot of things do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. But um, Halo is definitely fairer than like Destiny. Destiny has classes and powers, and some of them are stronger than others. Whereas Halo. It's just you and the gun. So you could get a better gun, but a lot of it came down to, you know, your shooting skills. Map knowledge, shooting, and shooting map skill, knowledge, things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, and then, yeah, have you, did you do the Halo test that came, that was out this past I did. week or so? Yeah. yeah. I did not. Yeah. I heard it was fun. I didn't either, but I heard it was really fun. I, like, really I, fun. I don't know. I I can't agree. <laughs> you, oh, you didn't like it? I, okay. I think it's using an extremely antiquated uh, design. Like, I, I guess it is fair that, you, you mean, that Halo design. Like Halo? Yeah, Halo's outdated. Extremely outdated. Okay. They, we have, they, they kind of added Zoom, though. Yeah, kind of. We, we, yeah, we have made so many advances. <laughs> we. Video games have made so many advances in... Uh, in like fun and playability of first person shooters since halo even three um and i feel like halo infinite is trying to do the same thing as halo three and so they're they're mm. like you have sprint kind of uh you have clamber which is nice but mobility is low um there it's are okay. ability there are like um like there's a grappling hook but that's not a universal thing Right, that's yeah, no. that's a pickup, and then you're making a choice to pick Limit that use. up over other things, um, and so it is certainly like they've collapsed and and all of their options for playing a game, whether what guns you have, what equipment you have, they have squeezed it into very simple 
like low count. Like there's not much diversity, I guess. Would you say like an optimal count of guns? There is, yeah. And it's actually, that's <laughs> one of the things. I mean, there are less See, guns that's... than uh, than most other shooters in Halo Infinite. And, and there are good guns and there are bad guns. And you just have to get there first. You know, and it's like, that's, that to me is not fair. It's like, there's not enough guns to go around and you have to know the map and you have to go there and get it. And if the other team gets there first and just is talking to each other and knows to get those guns, then you're screwed. You have no recourse, right? Other than to stay alive until the guns respawn and then hopefully you can get it again. But that that's like such a boring, non-diverse way to play like first person shooters nowadays. So I I just okay. I just I didn't have much fun. I had fun playing with the person the, the people I played it with, but that was it. I don't plan on buying it. Maybe if the the campaign is good. I heard the multiplayer is gonna pass. be free. It's gonna be on Game Pass, so if you have Game Pass. Yeah. Be. Okay. Cool. Yeah, multiplayer is free. Multiplayer is free. Yeah. But, but okay. So so let let, let me interject real quickly because yeah. I want to bring it back to our topic at hand. Halo <laughs> was, on, was was on Halo One was on was on my list of like defining moments but before that let me go back really quick because i have two i have two defining moments i wanted to bring up you know along with the simpsons kind of arcade stuff the one leading up to halo for me was mario 64 and mm. mario 64 because that was the first game that had that full 3d and to me the first game that we used the look and the you know the two 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 thumbsticks mm-hmm. to me that that was the first game that had both the look and the movement you know, because one controlled the camera around your guy and the other one was actual movement and stuff. And like that, that kind of, it took me so long to be able to grasp that concept. Yeah. And I think Mario 64 is kind of what taught me that. Um, and that's led to all the other games that I play now currently, which is Halo. And I think Halo is the first kind of game that led me to that competitive, you know, well, the co-op, which was amazing. Like, that campaign yeah. co-op, mwah. Um, and even the competitive side too. Like I did LAN parties with Halo, the one. Yep. Where we get like you know six of us, eight of us with all our TVs, and you know on USBs and stuff. And I did too. Um, yeah, you know. So so for me, like Halo was that optimal co-op as well as PV competitive. Even though I'm not good at competitive, you know. Like I still delve into it with friends. Um, but yeah. So Mario 64 leading into Halo leading into our discussion now. So I'm a little disappointed. That you're telling me that Halo multiplayer isn't as fun as things are nowadays. I'm, I'm little... not telling you you won't have fun. You you could mm. very well have fun, but for me, who is very competitive and wants to push myself, like I I get to the point where I have to decide if the system in a game and and the platform of a game is worth putting my time into. And like for Destiny or War, you know, Call of Duty Warzone or something like that, something that's fun to play and has repetitive value like value in repeating that stuff uh halo was not so i mm. i for me i'm making that call now that it is not a diverse and fun enough system to just rinse and repeat over and over again i will run out of fun pretty quickly and just it's not like i wasn't having fun playing those games because i did have some games where i just like you know balls to the walls and and got like 12 kills in one match and i was like oh that felt good i can have fun it's just that the the game mechanics are finite 
right? Or or limited to the point where mm-hmm. I know that I'll run out of fun at some point. So it could be fun. I mean, if you're not playing the most competitive, then who cares? Get in yeah. there. Have fun. I do feel I, like guys, it's... Go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, I do feel like it's probably the most mobile feeling Halo game to date. Like the, the movement guys, and, and getting around and stuff. Yeah. Have you guys played all the Halo games? Like, I, I haven't played four or five. I played all the oh other Lord, ones. Oh, Lord, no. I no. played four, I played but not one, five. One, two, three, ODST. You know, I think I I've played one through three, and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I want to go back and play them. I just never did. I love, absolutely love to death every single Bungie Halo that exists. Yeah. Including, yeah. well, not Halo Wars. I never played that. I never played those either. One or two. Yeah. I never no face, them. you might like Halo Wars. <laughs> that was the RTS, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, Have you played those? No, I haven't. Matt? Uh, I have not played them. I was too busy perfecting my two racks fast, fast expand um, opening for StarCraft. Sorry. <laughs> that sounds like chess strats. Oh no! Like it, I'll I'll have to show you all sometime. Like it's crazy. Like the amount of precision that goes into your openings in StarCraft. It's like. Oh, like you'll be watching like a pro match or whatever, and be like, ooh, he was like three seconds late on putting down that supply depot. That's gonna put him really behind, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know. Like he can't he can't pull off his timing attack anymore because he will not have those marines out in time. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Does that sound fun though? Does that sound fun? No. Three seconds. So mm. this is and I think I, I like I've said, I'm not a competitive person, but I think um this kind of feeds into what like Clint was talking about earlier about getting better about something. So with Starcraft and part of the reason I absolutely loved it. And I think uh, another reason why I don't really like FPSs is if you won or lost, it was a hundred percent. You like you, like the other person was just better than you. You made a mistake. There was no, there's no like, Oh man, we would have won that match, but my teammate, you know, pulled heavy or like didn't flank properly or flanked when you shouldn't have, you know, there, there's nothing, nothing like that. It's a hundred percent. Like you can go back and look at it and be like, this is the exact moment where I lost the match. Sure. The match may have gone 10 minutes longer, but this moment right here is exactly where I lost it because I made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, that was a game that I practiced, like that I practiced a lot because I mean, I just wanted to be better at it and so i was like hey this is a very tangible thing that i can practice and do and like literally i mean i was in the scrub division and so like if you could just like build more shit than the other person in the first five minutes you would win like 90 percent of your matches and so i just like i just need to get my first five minutes down exactly like to this to the second uh no misclicks anything like that and i would win 90 percent of my matches and i did so you're and like you're the kid in the chess club that beats everyone because you've played like two years more and you know a, f- a little bit more strategy. <laughs> no, it's not even strategy. It was it was just a hundred percent that because like everyone, like the meta or whatever, there was like if you had any strategy, right? It it could work, but I was the person that was like, I'm going to execute my strategy down to the second. Like doesn't matter what my strategy is, I'm going to execute it down to the second. And I'm going to execute it every time perfectly. 
Emiliano, I think we've been lied to. <laughs> Matt said he was not a competitive person. I know. His so, testimony okay. de- <laughs> determined that, that was a let lie. Me, let me rephrase that. <laughs> the only person I'm competitive with is myself. Mm. I don't need to be better than anyone else. Same. I just want to be able to improve. Same. And so, um, and again, that's part of the reason why I don't particularly care for like FPSs and stuff like that, because I don't think they give me the tools to help myself improve. If I have to download some sort of another program to help practice aiming and stuff like that, if, you know. What, you don't like Osu Osu? Do what? (laughs) Osu Osu is a, is a, first-person shooter gaming practice game it's a on-screen mouse and keyboard click simulator like a like rhythm click simulator where there will be like circles that appear on the screen you got to drag them in different like um formations and stuff and it speeds up and depending on the song you're playing it just gets really crazy and when you actually see somebody who's been playing that for a while you're just like what the heck is going on how are they this amazing but it really like helps you train your muscle memory in uh, like first person shooters and allowing yourself to like just jump into muscle memory during a match to like really hit the point which you want to hit. And do you, do you play that? I've opened it once and I've played half of a song. Yeah. So I, I think I'm not that and, and in my opinion, crazy. I think that stuff should be built into a game. Right. Like that is my expectation. If it is intending, if this game wants to say, oh, we are a competitive game, it should have something to practice with the actual guns that you have in game. Because as we all know, different zoom rates, different movement rates, everything like that, depending on what gun you have, you can't depend on some external program to get those things right. And so, and again, this is just, I think, me having high standards from yeah. playing, having played a lot of RTSs. If that's not that's in the game. That's an incredibly high standard. Yeah, but that's the thing is that like you could do that in RTSs. You could load into a literally an empty map and do nothing but practice your build. And it had it. There's a timer at the top, so you could watch and make sure you are at the right second yeah. and things like that. Well, well here's um, a question. Yeah, when was the last RTS that was released that was successful? I I I don't <laughs> uh, probably StarCraft Two. <laughs> that's like twenty. That's a low blow, Emiliano. That's that's a low blow. It was released in like 2008. <laughs> I I mean, um, I I see what you're saying. I just it just feels like nowadays, and maybe it's developers, you know, that they don't seem to see the, you know, the profit in that because that sounds amazing. Like if oh if absolutely, De- if I agree. Had yeah, there's. That, oh man, that would be great. There's this term in software that's called the minimum viable product. And uh, MVP, yeah. yep. And uh, it's it's going to be hard to convince your funding decision makers to put those kinds of things in. So it, you better get it in the original design document, or else it's just not going to happen. So it really takes those types of people who really care and are passionate about those things to be in the right position at the right time to to make sure those kinds of features happen. So that's why indie games are so and- so awesome. Because those design decision makers are the people doing everything else. Well, like when when Destiny released, Destiny 2, it didn't have private matches. And we just recently got Gambit private matches. And that is unbelievable to me. Like that blows my mind. I'm going to respectfully ignore that hook into talking about Destiny 2 again. 
um, Sorry. by <laughs> and why Bungie has screwed up in this way or that way. Um, but yeah, I, I did. I feel like we've gotten so into the weeds, but not in a good way in this episode. It was great. This is like I'm trying to think of like what are my defining moments in video games. I think that might be a little bit too vague for me. All I remember is like the experiences that that never left me. Um, and I've talked about some of them. I've talked about Super Mario World and and like how it taught me how games are fun. Um, I really think I'm the kind of person that just understood at an early age that games are fun and there's so much fun to be had in them um another one that i really really love uh and has kind of colored my or or that has defined what i seek in games um because i've talked about how i'm super into exploration and how I've wanted, you know, I want games to be really expansive, but I also want there to be a reason to go, you know, to wonder. I will wonder by myself what's over the next peak in a game, like the next mountain. But I want the game to provide a reason to go find out. Um, and when I played, that's probably because of Morrowind. Morrowind was the first open world game probably that I ever played, now that I think about it. Unless Final Fantasy games count as open world. I don't think they do. Mm. Um, I mean, there's overworlds. Like, Final Fantasy VII might be arguably an open open, um, open world game. But Morrowind is amazing. There is so much to that game. Like, they designed entire alien cultures for the different elf races in Morrowind. And there's story and there is mythos and like there's a there what do they what do they call the like the pantheon the greek pantheon that's what it's called gods yeah like the gods and everything like in 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 greek mythology is the pantheon right oh oh yeah pantheon i thought you were trying to figure out what the pantheon was no there there is a pantheon in 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 morrowind like there is multiple pantheons actually there's every culture or every group of cultures you know similar cultures have a different set of gods that they like adhere to or or worship or whatever there's the the nine that which are the imperials and the bretons and and i think the yeah anyway (laughs) and they all have actual powers in the world and then there's the the daedra which are the Daedric gods and that's like they're all the chaos masters and there's different avatars of different like like malice and greed and destruction and um yeah anyway there but it's all it's all like you find out about those things after a long time in the game and you you know there's just like in the real world where you know you let's say you go to a greek city and you find out that people are praying to this this god and you you learn more about the world by like talking to people that's the same thing with Morrowind and it's do you think um that's where you kind of got your love of lore from or was that kind of different probably if I'm gonna be honest because the the author or one of the biggest contributors to Elder Scrolls lore um I forget his actual name but MK uh wrote the um I can't remember what the document is called, but anyway, 
basically he reveals that every single book you read in that game is written from the author's perspective which adds a real world element like a real world dimension to all the exposition you find in that game because authors and perspectives are flawed and they may not have all the details it's like a first-hand source in in history right you cannot just trust one person's account of the history so there's people's opinions like it's just they they went so deep into lore in that game where you, in there there is a subreddit that is still well pretty low in in uh in subscribers or or active people they still have debates on what is lore like what is is um crap what's the word for official canon canon thank you they still have arguments about what's canon they like form their arguments they have like dissertations basically and it's like well this is these are the sources that i used and then we have you know mk told us this and that leads into <laughs> it, it's just it's it's amazing and awesome and you can spend so much time getting lost in that world and then there's all the parts about where you're an actual character that has a stake in that world and you save the world you know in however way you go about it um wait didn't morrowind have like the 20 dollar horse armor deal no that was oblivion yeah okay yeah oblivion Oblivion after or before after which i love oblivion too and honestly i never bought the horse armor i never thought it was really that big of a a deal but i get why people are pissed off now oh shoot it it was the start of things to come yeah, unfortunately. Are, are you being attacked by a cat? Yeah, he's he's attacking my foot right now. He's super happy. It's fine. <laughs> Emiliano, you were going to say something? Uh, well, just the, the horse armor thing. I wasn't oh, okay. sure yeah. what that was from. But uh, but I guess yeah. to... to... Like I... Oh, go ahead. No, no. That's... I'll say... Uh, I'm... I've I've never played Morrowind or Oblivion, so or I would, or Elder Scrolls the the new one the one that's been remade like ten times I've never played Skyrim any of those. Skyrim Skyrim thank you I would one hundred thousand percent say play Morrowind but it is a lot of time yeah if you don't have time to breathe in the world then maybe it's not the best game to spend your time on. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's also a lot of text because it's kind of an old game, so it's not voice acted, except for very selective moments in the game. Like you go up and talk to somebody, and there's this dialogue system where it's just text, and you choose what to say, and then they will there will be a new paragraph, and you got to read the paragraph, and then you have a couple options, and um. Like like Destiny, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's we got we got to get off that subject. Yep. Sorry. As you can tell, <laughs> Destiny has defined many moments in gaming for us, for the well, better I mean, or worse. Yeah, I think it for me it was Halo that led into Destiny because I kind of followed Bungie, you know. But here we are now. Yep. Any last words? Anything else for the good of the order? 
I think we have a lot of shared collective trauma over <laughs> Destiny, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, every game has its ups and downs, so whatever. Um, <clears throat> I think my final thoughts on things is that realistically, um, if you're going to pick up, you know, one or two games, it should definitely be uh, probably like StarCraft Brood War. You can probably find like a pirated copy of that's freaking free because um, I don't support Blizzard anymore, but whatever. And, and Monster Hunter. Those are probably the two ones you should pick up. Can but, you even buy Brood um, War anymore? Um, I'm sure if they can sell it, they're gonna sell it. Like if they can get a dime off someone, Probably they're like gonna do it. Gog or GMG or one of those, mm. like yeah, good old games. Yeah, one of those. Small yeah, but it's um sites. Uh, if you're gonna play against actual people, which is the fun part, um, you have to go through the Blizzard servers, or have a literal LAN pl- party. So, which if you have friends that are not infectable i don't know what the right i don't know how to politely say that um yeah go ahead have a land party go like me and me and emiliano will go play at an arcade y'all have your land party it's gonna be great party always, like it's 1999 always down for a land party i had command and conquer land parties although only probably like two i definitely did conquer. the halo one but nice. that was kind of chaotic because i was 13 and everyone else was younger than me and so there were many blanket parties when people wouldn't stop switching teams. A blanket party is when you throw a blanket over someone and then you just kick them. Okay. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but realistically, my final my final thoughts are like um, it, that. I think we can take out of this is that my gaming experience, things that have defined me, were games that were either emotionally traumatic or allowed me to improve myself in some way. Mm. And so that's that's really how I think the games that I've played have defined how I interact with other games. I think mine have always been cooperative. That's kind of my, you know, Simpsons, not Mario 64, but that led to Halo, which was, and I enjoyed playing that with family. So, yeah, cooperative is my, my butter, my jam. Yeah. Mine are anything that uh, that are fun, and that's a terrible, terrible way to say it because fun is subjective. But Monster Hunter is fun. It's also very repetitive, and if you don't get anything out of it, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> well, just get good. He lies. Yes, you need to get good to be good at Monster Hunter and enjoy it. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, Monster Hunter is not a bad game. Just the UI is pretty bad. All right. I think it's time. (laughs) Oh, wait. No. Please continue talking about how Monster Hunter is. What did you say about Monster Hunter? The UI is perfect. The UI. No, I I agree with you. The UI needs work. It's very confusing. But once you know it, once you, yes, once you're familiar with it, then it's better. But yeah. Yes. I, yeah. Cool. I think it's probably time to wrap up. Well, thank you for listening and watching. Uh, I ask you, what games define you as a gamer? Tell us in the comments on YouTube, Winning Sometimes Show, where we'll have video for this and other episodes. We do have a Twitter, when, at W Sometimes Show. Winning Sometimes Show is too long. We sometimes game on uh, Winning Sometimes Show on Twitch. And uh, you can also yell at us in our email inbox, show at winningsometimes.com. Please 
give us a like and subscribe if you uh, enjoyed this and uh, more content, more topics, arguments, and explanations on why Mon- Monster-, Monster Hunter is not great to come. So thank you for listening. Have a great night, day, or whatever is in front of you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> I, 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 I love doing this show. I really do. Yeah. Me too. Uh, but like, but seriously, StarCraft Two was pinnacle gaming. Um, it was back when Blizzard actually.